there's a German hot potato salad, and they really, that's their thing. Their potato salad is hot. Listen, hot, as long as it's the right color, I don't have a problem with. <laughs> Before they get in your business, be in charge of your business. Own it because it's your business, your business, business. Handle all of your business, value all of your business. You say you're minding your business, my business. What's up, good people? Welcome into Montgomery & Co. I'm Renee Montgomery. And listen, we're coming off of the cookout vibes. That's what we do on the 4th. We eat good, we grill. And so it made us think, what do you bring to your cookout? We discuss that. We also do a little this you can get with that. We talk Commissioner's Cup. We continue. And the players talk about what you going to do with all that cash, okay? We ask the players what they would do if they won the money in the Commissioner's Cup. And then last but not least, we have Chef Andre Rush, who is the former White House chef of four administrations, now turned author of his book he calls Call Me Chef, Damn It. Okay, so you better call the man chef and you better keep listening. Let's go! Fourth of July. Independence Day is what some people call it. Will Smith has made movies about it. There's been a lot of talk about the 4th of July because for the longest, it was supposed to be like the most American holiday you can think of. Apple pie and baseball. There's nothing more American than that. The 4th of July. But... Lately, the 4th of July just hasn't had the same feel. It's hard to feel patriotic when you don't feel like your country supports you. It's hard to feel patriotic when your rights are being taken away. So this 4th of July is starting to feel just a little bit different than what we're used to. And, and for me, when I say us, you know, there's, you know, the communities, the black community, the Latino community, different communities might feel oppressed but now I'm starting to think that everyone should be feeling some type of way. After Roe vs. Wade, not only should minorities feel some type of way, but women should feel some type of way. If women feel some type of way, I hope that men feel some type of way because every man has a woman in their life in some way or capacity. Your mom, your sister, your cousin, your girlfriend, you know, your wife. Every man is connected to a woman in some way. So I think that this 4th of July is just not feeling patriotic. I would think for everyone, I feel like our country right now is looking for healing. I feel like our country right now is looking for help, is looking for answers. And I think we got to be our own answers. So this 4th of July, I think that we got to realize that we are the answer to our very unpatriotic country that we're living in. And what I mean by that is democracy is supposed to be we the people together, the people together with the people. But right now the people are fighting the people, the people are fighting the government, the government is fighting rights of the people. There's just a lot going on, but the good news is we are the answer. So if you are in your community, you gotta start with yourself and start with each person around you and start figuring out, well, what is the answers in your community alone? Because this 4th of July, I don't feel so patriotic. I haven't felt so patriotic, but what we can celebrate is doing better. So let's do better. All right, so we have the Montgomery Family Reunion times two, actually. So we got kind of two family reunions coming up. 
We have the huge family reunion for all the Montgomery's on my Diddy side. And then we're going to go and do our, I'd like to call it almost our immediate family reunion, where it's just like our immediate family and their families. And that's that reunion. It's going to happen this upcoming week. It's going to be lit. We're all going to be at WNBA All-Star. It's going to be a turn up. Have fun with us. Catch us out there. Holler at us if you see us in Chicago. But that brings me to the idea of cookouts. What to bring, what not to bring. The 4th just passed. It's July. We know that. So there's all kinds of different things. I like my hot dogs burnt. You know, like my aunties hate that I love my hot dogs burnt, but I love grilled food. Barbecue might be my favorite meal ever. But what things should and should not be at the cookout? I'm going to get it started because... I know that at the cookouts we typically go to, like I told you, I like my burnt hot dogs. I like ribs, all of that, like whatever you can have. But I was in Seattle one time. They had a cookout at my apartment complex that we were living at. Snook Diddy and my aunties just so happened to be there. So I'm like, it's a turn up. We went right there to get that food. They had a full live pig. The whole pig was up there. It was a pig roast at the cookout. So, you know, people cook out different ways for me. I was like, whoa, I never seen a full pig at a cookout, but here we are. And so, you know, this is the part where everybody's going to get mad. All right. This is the part of the movie that I know everybody gets mad. I'm like, let me just try a piece then. I never had that before. Let me just, let me see what this is like. I never had roasted pig, the full one sitting here. Well, a day later, was it a day later, Snook, or how much longer? Maybe 24 hours. 24 <laughs> hours later, your girl was out for the count. And I'm not talking about like a little out for the count. I'm talking about, we shouldn't get graphic, but I'm talking about I was sick as a dog and it was not good from all ends. And it was very, very painful. Stressful. Stressful. Ended up having salmonella poisoning. That's how that story mm. ended. Where I tried the pig. My aunties told me no. They said I we should said not try no, that. I can't eat anything that's looking back at me. I they can't said, do that. They <laughs> said, "Girl, y'all got to know my aunties." But they was like, "Girl, you don't eat nothing looking at you." And I was like, "Dang!" <laughs> I was like, "Well, let me go ahead and try it though, auntie. I'm just gonna get a little bitty piece." So I'm the only one in the family that tried it, and I'm the only dummy in the family that got sick. I got salmonella poisoning. People might actually remember this because. During that same time frame, I got traded from the Seattle Storm to the Minnesota Lynx. And that's when I had to play a game. Yes, with salmonella poisoning. I was very scared to have a, a mistake on myself. I was very scared <laughs> about a lot of different things going on. I had to get an IV before the game to just kind of get me some life. You know, they had to pump some life back into me. It was really tough. You know, it was really, really tough. And so... I'm going to start this thing so out with... the story, don't roast a whole pig at a cookout. That's what I was getting to. <laughs> Long story short, the do's and the don'ts of cookouts, I'm going to get this thing popping with, don't be roasting no pigs in my cookout, man, because that... <laughs> I just had experiences and that ain't it. Well, uh, I guess I'll go next. Uh, you know, we <laughs> love barbecue. We love cooking out and all of that. And But one of the most interesting, I think, and delicious meats that I've ever had uh, at a barbecue was goat. Barbecue Ooh. goat oh. was so good. And this is oh, from, yes. I haven't had it for years, but I know every summer this gentleman from this place, Anstead, West Virginia, used to roast the whole goat. And uh, he didn't have the head or anything on that, but it was just the meat <laughs> from the goat. And but was the legs on there too? No, I'm just saying it was taken, all of that was taken from the bone, but it would oh. be a whole, the, the meat from the whole animal or whatever. And I'm going to tell you about the thing I hate to see at the picnic the most. I've never 
ever been to a picnic and it wasn't there? The flies. Mom. <laughs> I cannot. Did she put up all that suspense she did. to drop flies on us? <laughs> she did I'm all sorry, that. I'm sorry, like, but what? I was really listening. I was I like, was, what? I was like, what? <laughs> okay, Snook, yes. We don't want flies I, I at the I hate the flies too, Lord Snook. Lord have mercy, Snookabooka. <laughs> There's going to be flies at the cookout. I'm going to let y'all know that, but Snook don't I, want I'm them there. I'm that person that will be swatting the flies because the entire Republic, like when you guys go like to the Dominican Republic, you're going to see there's flies all over the place, everywhere. I don't understand it. It's just a whole bunch of bugs. Uh, it's oh, a country. No. But yes, flies, I hate them too, Snook. Well, <laughs> let me just tell you, I just came from a cookout not too long ago <laughs> and... We had a whole roasted pig and praise be to God, I had some. It was delicious and I did not get salmonella. So I shout Amazing. out to that chef because it was catered who actually did their the right thing to do and cooked it correctly <laughs> and kept it the right temperatures and all, all that. So I had a success story with the whole pig. And it, yes, it was kind of weird to see the whole pig with the apple in its mouth everything wow. so oh, yeah. it was crazy but let me tell you what one thing I went to a cookout and I saw one time and I knew from seeing that I was eating nothing else at the entire cookout and that was green potato salad green, green potato, potato salad green potato what, salad what they put food coloring in it? no I, what they told me <laughs> because I wanted to know if it was a different dish you know me I'm, I'm looking over the whole table first first I have to survey the entire land uh-huh. and see how crazy does the food look am I going to partake in any of the food so That's I'm looking over the table and my eyes go this green stuff and I'm like what is that green stuff so I'm looking and I'm not trying to ask too many questions so then somebody walks up to me who obviously was like I already asked it's potato salad. And I was like, why is it green? And they were like, they put, what are the, they put the different, the wrong, they put not the wrong, they put the different type of onions in them. The ones with the, the green, uh, stem. Green onions? The chives? Ma, you know, talk about that has a little bulb at the top, but most of the onion on the top is green. It's long. I can't think of the name. Scallions. Scallions. Yes. Okay. So they chopped the top part up and put a whole bunch of those in there. And whenever they, I guess they chopped it up, it made the entire oh, no, baby. potato salad green. Oh, and even wow. though she told me it was the scallions, I couldn't eat anything else because I'm like, y'all <laughs> because putting it just stuff. made it green. Yeah, because y'all putting stuff in here that don't belong in here. So what's this, what's in this <laughs> other stuff? What's in these beans? What's in well, the potato um, you know salad what I'm and mac and cheese? That's fighting words. Wait, and what what ethnicity were they? They were black. <laughs> no, I, I have to ask because they were no. I'm, this is a good question. In but my no, family, these was, they, we have different no. kind of potato salad too. Yeah, because so different like, well, cultures they, make different ones. Exactly. So there's that. Yeah, so like, that's the there's thing. There's a German hot potato salad, and they really—that's their thing. Their potato salad is hot. Listen, hot as long as it's the right color, I don't have a problem with. But when you see a whole table of meats and all this other stuff and you know everything else is what going the on and then you had this lime green looking potato salad, I can't eat anything else because y'all mixing other stuff in there. So you I, don't I, I know mean, what other secret ingredients no, exactly, are in the other no, stuff. That's so, your concern. It's not even necessarily that it's the chives. It's just you don't know what other secret ingredients you put in the rest of this is food? going on. Yeah, no. Yeah. Do you okay, write out something so you just I put something else that. in there? Uh-uh. I'm not for them you games. 
trust either. issues now. I understand yes. that. I, I understand. In, in my family, sometimes they put beets. We have two types of potato salad, but sometimes they do put beets in the potato salad and it turns the whole thing pink. So you will see I've had a pink and it's potato not that bad, salad. Really, it's, it's not. actually really good. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't taste any different than the regular potato salad that we make, but so it's just a different it color. Because it's healthy. Beets are oh, okay. healthy. You see what I'm saying? Call. Ooh, He's trying to call. He's trying to go to the vitamins in wherever you can. And, and, and I mean, I beets that. are very good for you. <laughs> it's just that potato. It's not supposed to be. I just. I, what's her, and this is very closed minded of me. So y'all can say what you want. I care not. But when I am used to food looking a certain color a certain way, and then you make it look a whole different color, even if you say it tastes the same, I'm like, but why is it? Why is it gotta be this oh, color? Then we just can't you have do this. Purple potatoes, different things can make it taste the rainbow. Oh, but yeah. Cole said, "Listen, she no. don't want no surprises Mm-mm. at her cookout." No, is what no. Cole's saying. No, thank Mm-mm. you. Mm-mm. Good. I'm gonna tell you right now. So, what do y'all bring to the cookout? Those are. Do you have anything, Serena, that you say shouldn't be at the cookout first before we ask what we bring? I mean, okay. So when I go to a cookout, I always bring like like rice, and people make fun of me because it'd be like, who brings rice to a cookout? But then that thing, that first of all, everybody, that whole thing of rice they be bring gone rice everywhere. They be gone at the end of the cookout, by the way. So everybody's <laughs> complaining about the rice, but then they eat it all but up. Is it heated, or I mean, how how's it served? It's served. I I put it in a in a Pyrex pan, the aluminum pan. The and same so, way we serve all the other sides. <laughs> what I'm, saying, I'm trying to make it sound fancy. I'm like, you know. <laughs> We had a conversation about rice yesterday, and my oh, husband. Okay. You know, all different cultures have different ways of preparing and yep. you know serving their rice or whatever. So my husband, the only way that he can partake of rice is for it to have like a good, like maybe two tablespoons of butter, sugar in and it, butter, baby. about oh three or four God. tablespoons of sugar. <laughs> and if the rice is a little dry because you've cooked it a little bit too long, you can add a little That's splash of milk in there to kind of. Oh, that's not, that sounds a little bit like bread pudding. Yeah, Roy said, "Is it red beans and rice?" I was gonna say, "I can't wear Roy." Black no, that, beans and rice, pigeon peas eat rice. and rice. So if it's at the picnic and you don't have your butter on the side there, you don't have your sugar on the side there, and your little creamer thing, so you can get his little splash of milk. You know what is? That's so funny because I've I've had a lot of friends tell me that same exact that's thing, and it's because it. that's that's an American thing, you know. So it's like if you say that to a Dominican person. And be like butter and what? That's that's rice pudding. <laughs> but imagine telling Serena's family that I don't want any rice. Oh no, they they look at her like she's like something's wrong with her. I had to do that for on Father's Day. I had to literally say there's all kinds of different sides, and I said, um, they said, what do you want, Miss Lucy? You know, she's amazing. She be helping make my plate, and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, no rice for me. She said, no, no, what what kind of rice? We have two different kinds. <laughs> she said, we have. It's funny that Roy said the 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 green. Pigeon peas, because that's exactly what she puts in the rice. She, puts <laughs> she, pigeon peas. Pigeon she calls peas. it moro. So she's like, we have moro, we have white rice. But those are very good. Now, I did have those. Those are very good. Miss Lucy <laughs> had that rice. I had that. That was very good. So I love listen, rice. Rice has to come to I mean, a lot of people know it's like a Puerto Rican, like a Puerto Rican rice or or Dominican. It's called moro. It's, it's, it's like brown and it has green pigeon peas. It's good. I'm yeah. going to tell you right now, it's good. I just don't want it every meal. And so that's where I fall into <laughs> trouble is if every meal I don't want rice is one of the sides that's where I'll fall it's into trouble. It's because we take pride in our rice like even the white rice we're like hold on you can't ruin it by putting butter and putting all that stuff because we 
it's a science to it. We put like salt. No, and, they like, do. They can oil. stand the spoon up in it. They got they got all kinds of little tests to make sure that you're an expert rice cooker. If your spoon don't stand up the right way, it leans yeah. to the side, leans mm-hmm. to the right, left. They be like, no, 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 you don't know what you're doing back here. But I digress. Okay. No, but but one thing though that I did see, it wasn't at a cookout. I was at a park. I was I was in New York, and this was when I was little. They were cooking something that looked like guinea pigs. It looked like mm. some kind of rodent. Nope. Yeah, I, I did not Mm-mm. eat it. I was just, it, and it was being roasted like on a like how you would roast a pig. It was like on a, on, a, on a stick, and it was exactly skewer. it was on a skewer, and it was turning. No, I'm not <laughs> no, eating. I'm not, no. I'm not eating anything at the at cookout. When I see stuff, when I see somebody do something out of the way crazy, I, I'm not eating anything. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit there. Where are the drinks? And they better be <laughs> drinks. They're not homemade at, lemonade. That can't be oh. nothing homemade. At that point, I need everything that's container bought. So I need no, I, water I bottles. You know. Serena, I need you mean sodas. to tell me that there was a real live guinea pig with a? It with looked an apple? like guinea pigs. It looked like guinea. If it wasn't a guinea pig, it definitely looked like some kind of rodent. It had a tail. No, thank you. It was a little chubby, oh. like a like a guinea pig. I'm getting oh, real graphic over here, but it no, was baby, it no was, baby, no. I mean, in New York, you see a lot of weird, different things, you know. No, so yeah. I didn't judge. I was like, look, that's not for me. Okay. Uh, Roy said rotisserie. Oh, Sam, gosh. that just lets you know you needed to have one of those little booklets with you that has the shapes of animals in them. So whenever you went to the cookout, you could look and see, oh, that must be that animal by the Listen, shape of its body. Listen, we painting with all the colors of the wind. I don't need to see to find out what I'm about to eat to see the shape Like we're all naked and afraid. How do they Naked and afraid is going on here. If it don't look like a chicken, we'll eat that up, though. Like no, if it's a no. small animal and it don't look like a chicken or a turkey, I'm sorry. Mm-mm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'll stick with the birds. Before we go, all right, just want to ask real quick, because everybody has to bring something to the cookout. Before we go, what are y'all bringing to the cookout? Cole, let's start with you real quick. I actually am probably going to just help by bring out the meat and stuff out. Like if you need some like, oh, we need hot dogs, hamburgers. I can pretty much bring the hamburger patties, season them up, do all that. Okay. I can do that. Cole's so bringing I'll hot probably dogs be, and hamburgers. Yeah, I'll bring the hot dogs and hamburgers. Okay. I, think so. I think this should be I at, like the, 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 at okay. the, the cookout. Yes. Serena, what you bringing? Well, I already told you I'm bringing rice. Any kind of rice <laughs> you want. <laughs> what kind of rice you want? Okay, what kind of rice you, you want? White rice? You want mortal? You want rice with corn? You want rice? I got you. Booka, booka, what you bringing to the cookout? I think uh, usually I bring two things, okay. corn on the cob, oh, yes. real, corn. and yes. uh, I usually bring a watermelon boat. Ooh. Oh, okay. yes. Don't Snooks eat fancy. Watermelon. She said good. a watermelon that. a good, boat. Snook be getting requests to the cookout. I'm just going to throw that out there. When Snook, <laughs> when people know Snook is attending the cookout, they send out requests of things they want her to make yes. so that they can have I like that German cookout. salad. Yes. That German salad, her mac and cheese, her rice pudding. Ooh, she mac gets and requests, cheese. her Seven layer salad. bird cake. Her, look, you see what I'm saying? Cake, so Snook yeah. The cookies, the holiday cookies. Like, yeah. We're naming everything. Snook got <laughs> options when she go to the cookout, but she's the complete opposite of me. I don't have options. So you know what I bring to every cookout? And I don't, you know what? I'm going to just say I'm probably the cookout MVP, but nobody really shows love to it. <laughs> I'm the MVP because every cookout, you can count on me to bring red cups. Y'all know we need them. Paper plates. <laughs> plastic wear. Not the kind that's going to break when you stick it in something hard. I bring the nice, heavy duty from Sam's Club Members Mark. I bring 
read those. All the members mark. I yeah. read the members mark, the heavy duty ones that aren't going to break. You can put liquids in the bowls that I bring and it'll stay there and it won't get soggy at the bottom. I bring the good stuff, the good paperware. The, I even bring to-go stuff sometimes. In case people want to take to-go places, you know, I'm bringing a little aluminum foil for you. I'm the MVP, okay? No, next time next time I go to a cookout, I'll be like, who got all these cups? And all? I want to thank them because you're right. We don't thank, thank those people you. anymore. Nobody ever yes. say to me, you know, people will say to Snook, oh, wow, this corner of the cob is delicious. They might even tell you your rice hit the spot. Don't nobody come to me after the cookout and say, man, you know what? You really did that with them cups. I threw away oh, four of them. Those Good thing you brought those extra. forks and spoons, I'm telling you. They, they, they didn't break so one time. Oh, wow. Guess what? We didn't even run out. Most of the time, people only get one and say they did their... I bring multiple packs. Don't nobody come and tell me that I gave them leftovers for the house. You know what I'm saying? I set up the house because I brought five or six. I brought way too many. Don't nobody give me no love, okay? Oh Think about that next cookout, people. There's somebody bringing the plates. Next, we have the man who does 2,222 push-ups every single day. You need to hear why, but he's also a former White House chef to four administrations, now turned author. Chef Andre Rush, talk to us. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So listen, we're here with Chef Andre Rush, a veteran who has journeyed from the rural South to the White House. You worked with four different administrations, President Bill Clinton, President George W. Bush, President Barack Obama, and most recently, Donald Trump. So I'm just curious, you know, that journey is not an easy crossover to make, but you did it. I know you can't tell us all right now, but like, how does that happen? Pleasure to be here. Uh, it doesn't just happen. I mean, it's like... I'll be honest with you is put your head down and go to work. Don't look up and just keep going. My mindset was growing up in the South, you know, my dad taught me the value of hard work. He said, always work hard to anybody else. And he also said to me, an important lesson. That was tough when I was a kid. He told me that someone is not going to like you. Someone is always going to try to make you fail. And he told me this from a very young age, the whole time. So I was paranoid. Right? <laughs> Even now at my status, I'm still the hardest worker in the room. That was my mindset. You know, just go in there and just work your butt off and don't even worry about what's going to happen. Leave no room for any doubts from yourself. If it's not going to happen, it wasn't because of you. It's right. because of variables, there's narratives that somebody's trying to change. But also at the same time, you can change a narrative. And that's what I did. 
And no, it was it was hard as hell, actually. I was say, I, I, I know it wasn't easy. That's really I know it wasn't easy. <laughs> that sounds like athletes, you know, like me being an athlete, it sounds a lot like how an athlete functions or how an athlete looks at things. And, you know, you released a book on April 19th. The book is called Call Me Chef, Damn It, A Veteran's Journey from the World <laughs> South to the White House. First of all, how'd you come up with the name and then tell us about a little bit about your book? Um, because I want to be called Chef, damn it. <laughs> no. <laughs> what are they calling you? <laughs> no, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it was something that I used to always say because uh, it's actually a, a story behind that. I was in the South, loved cooking with my mom. Cooking was a hobby of mine. People didn't know. I mean, I did a lot of other things besides cooking, but cooking just what... I just stuck to, and I just, God given, I was just great at it. You know, I became a master ice carver, mm -hmm. pastry chef, Olympic Ooh. chef, just loved wow. cooking, loved cooking, had no formal training whatsoever. And then um, when I joined this thing called culinary in this world where I didn't belong, because I was different. I was a, a black, <laughs> pretty big guy, pretty athletic. <laughs> I didn't kiss any butt at all. <laughs> so uh, that was different from the world I came from. I was pretty a hard guy, and I was also pretty raw at the same time. And so when I got into this world of, of people, and the culinary world is very, like, these guys take this stuff serious. They're yeah. like arrogant. Mm -hmm. They're like this. Listen, I watch Top Chef. <laughs> yes. People, I'm just yeah, saying. It's very I watch competitive. Chopped, all of that. It feels competitive. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I was just with Gordon Ramsay like two weeks ago. He came down what? and saw me and oh, I wow. hung out. You know, I'm actually with him. <laughs> so I got some other stuff coming up. Big stuff coming up. But what? Um, Congrats. Just casually drop that in there. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> well, I can drop a couple. I'm just going to leave it at that. But, <laughs> but, you know, I'm also, um, they call me like the giant killer. I mm. kill people's egos. You always been humble, being grateful, because everybody didn't have the same mm. opportunity that you had. Right. right? I had right, to, right. I didn't go to a fancy culinary school. I had to pick right. up books I had to pay for. I didn't have all this stuff. And I had mm. to fail a hundred times. I'm sorry, a thousand times, you know, <laughs> to Facts. succeed that thousand and one time to make it up there. And uh, when I joined in with all these guys that were this way and they felt me as an outsider, like, mm -hmm. how did you get here? Why are you here? Yes. How did you come right. in here? This is our area. So mm -hmm. in their little minds, it was calling each other chefs <laughs> and not calling me that. I didn't care even with the wording. But what happened was um, after I became actually a chef, you know, do the whole thing. They still wouldn't do it. The head guy. Wow. And uh, I was young, like I said, again, I wasn't a, a, um, a show pony. I was I, I didn't care about accolades or anything like that. But respect was a huge thing with me growing up in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And right. one day Definitely. we did something where I was just working hard on anybody else. And I knew it and they knew it also. And we were doing something that just ran over everybody. And he wouldn't call me chef. But he called everybody else chef. And then he came to me. One of the things that I hate being called is by my last name. Just put calling Rush. Right. It's like an insult. Right. It's mm. like you don't say like put the, the mister or the doctor in front of it or whatever. Put some respect on my put name. Some respect on my name. Right. <laughs> and he didn't do that. And, just, and I'll be very honest with you guys. Just by reflex, 
when he didn't do it, I kind of ran over to him really quick and picked him up in the air and said, call me chef, damn it. <laughs> Just by reflex. No, wait a minute. <laughs> Just by reflex, you pinned the man up. It was you a reflex. It was a reflex. He was a light guy. So, <laughs> he was only like 200 pounds. It. So it was just my reflex, you know? And it was just, I, I had to catch myself. It was like an out-of-body. It was just so much, you know? And just, I, I kind of snapped a little bit. And everybody looked and gasped because it was like, and then he looked down at me. And did he call you chef? Of course he called me chef. You better call me chef, damn it! And you know what right. was funny about it was, I was like, oh, okay, what did I just do? And then... After that, he never stopped calling me chef after that. I know, that's right. Do you blame him? Do you blame him? I was thinking the same thing. Do you blame that's him? That's crazy, but sometimes, you know, you have to make people put some respect on your name. Maybe not physically, Definitely. but no, it was no, a reaction. Never, but... never physically, never physically. That was a reflex. Yeah. That was a reflex. That was, that was a, a reflex. reflex. Hey. Now, you wrote this book, and it covers a lot of different things, anxiety, PTSD. There's a lot of different things that you, you battled through, but they have to read the book to find out all of that. We don't want to give all the secrets away, but I'm curious not to just give away any secret service secrets, but what type of things could you not include in the book? I mean, this, you were the chef for the president. <laughs> that book probably covers about 10%. Wow. And this is, oh, if wow. you read the book or know about the book, it's a lot in the book, but actually I wouldn't even say 10%. I, I would say more like five, 4%. It's wow. a lot that I could mm. have said or did say, but I did change a lot of the narrative of it, but I did make it very transparent. I mm. What I didn't want to do is tell people what they wanted to hear. I um, tell them what they need to hear. And what did they need to hear just in the general sense? The general sense is that I'm not going to sugarcoat stuff. I'm not a politician. I'm not going to do a dog and pony show. I'm not going to be like, oh, my life in the military was so grand and so great. And oh, I had a perfect life and you can do it too. No, I struggled my butt off. Okay, <laughs> I like had, that. I've like had it. hard times. I've had, I've failed so many times. Even at my top game, I've been put down. And I get put down every day, even now with my status. Somebody wants to try to make me seem like I'm not what I am, right? I get attacked all the time, whether it be with racial slurs or whether it just be with degrading, whether it be with stupid comments about steroids, which I don't know anything about and don't So care. tell them how you got all them muscles then, just in case they don't know. 2,200 <laughs> damn push-ups a day. 2,222 push-ups oh. a day. I just want you guys My to... 2,000... And why that number? So that number is because 22 vets commit suicide a day. Uh, it's huge with me. It's 22 vets a day, but I caveat that not only with the foundation of my military, I had a couple guys literally uh, commit suicide. Well, one of my guys, hours after calling me, right? Young guy, black male, 27 years old, uh, smiley, wife, two kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, we joked and laughed all the time, put him on the Food Network, and he was at the top of his game, right? Mm -hmm. Just like a lot of people are, you know? I, I say it because I use, I talk about the military, but I also want to know that it's not only the military, it's a, it's a global epidemic. Uh, yeah. a pandemic. It's just like everywhere. I mean, even thinking about it right now, yeah. we have the highest child suicides. You know, the ages from 11 to mm -hmm. 27 or 28 is yeah. number two for suicide. You know, it's number um, 10 on the calendar in the U.S. for suicide. And that starts with mental health, mental wellness. So I start with the military because it's really hard. But I also caveat with all our kids, with all our women, with all our people, everything we're going through from all of the divisions that we've had in the last few years from 
And then we have social media, which is the most powerful weapon in the world. It yeah. is used for so much mm-hmm. great, but you have so many people that takes that little toxicity and they try to push it off and they try to use these little bullies that have groups and whatnot, right? You know, mm-hmm. whether it be in these schools, yeah. whether they be talking about these kids, you know, and I have, and, and my biggest part of what I do is kids. I love, love, love kids. Everything I do, and I am so fortunate and blessed because every time I go out, every time I fly, the people who recognize me the most are kids. They come wow. up to me. I, I talk with them, I push with them, I give them a challenge coin, and I challenge them to be better, to be greater. You know, they say, I want to be like you. And I say, no, be better than me. I'm giving you my platform from where I left off. Now you start there and just make it better. It's a beautiful thing. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's what it's all about. It is. It is. And it's a beautiful thing. You're the founder of 2222 Inc., which is a 501c3, which mentors, supports, teaches, educates, and empowers youth in unreasonable circumstances. So that's kind of what you kind of were describing right there. And you also use food as medicine and therapy, which I think is is dope. And I can't help to think about the situation that happened in Buffalo at the Topps grocery store, because now, you know, there's a food desert that's been created there. And so, you know, just as well as anyone else, but if you could elaborate on it about how food can be used to heal your body and used as medicine. So when we are in areas that have a food desert, you know, what are the effects of that? You know, I just, uh, just talked to someone we're doing, I do a lot of big insecurities with world, the world food bank. I've been over in Texas, all the places doing a thing and people, you know, it's funny because I've, I've gone to a lot of third world countries, right, where people are <laughs> picking up, you know, grains off of the road. We here in the U.S., we've come to a place where we become complacent, entitled, you know, none respect, not only for others, but for ourselves. I, I want people to understand to go back to those roots of where what food is meant for. You know, we got into this day and age where everybody's about fitness and health, and it gets misconstrued because food is life. Food is health, holistic, medication is loving, relationships, caring, giving, building bridges, all those things that food are, we forgot about. It's not just to put in our mouth and just be like, I need this to grow bigger. I need this. No, no, this is medicine. This is earth. You know what I'm saying? This is where we Mm. were born from. You know what I mean? You don't think about that stuff. I tell people they don't understand because demographically, when you can go to LA, you can go to Mississippi, you can go to South, you can go West, you can go to Korea, you can go anywhere you want to. And the way that person handles the food is a lifestyle. I go to Michelin stars, go to five stars, and I can walk out because I'm like, your service sucks. I want to feel love. That food can be the best in the world, but if your service sucks, I'm leaving. I don't feel it. I don't want it. I don't care how fancy or how you are, who you think you are. And it goes in with the chefs. You know what they said? They talk about it. Am I the best chef in the world? Of course not. But I'm where every chef wants to be. You know, you have to make a difference. You can be on top okay. of your game and you can play pretend, but what are you actually doing? What's not even your legacy? What's your worth? What's your value that giving mm-hmm. in? You know, and I and I, I align myself around people with that, and you know that has to understand. And you understand as an athlete because I started doing a thing called cooking and cope, where I taught people how to utilize food. We have mystery baskets, and I just say cook something, and they didn't know what because they have a recipe, and it was just crazy stuff. It was arguing. There was 
looking to see what each other was doing. And then there was this laughter. And then it was tasting all this sometimes horrible food and sometimes good <laughs> food. That's not what I said. <laughs> but it was a bonding thing that they loved to death. And then what I did was brought in the families and brought in the kids. And then it became their relationships. And then I started telling you about your body, why this mm. food is important from your culture, your DNA, from your background, your race, white, mm-hmm. yellow, black, brown, who you came from, you know, demographics. And I told me to get your blood work done. Find out those underlines and make sure to make your body work for yourself and what you put in your body. Because yes. everything doesn't marry with everybody. These are things that you're saying when you're an athlete, they preach these things because your body is your tool and your body is your everything. So as an athlete, I know everything you're saying is true because they are very intentional in, in sports. You have to make sure you get whatever little advantage you can get rather than someone else in your training, whatever it is, like that's what you start to obsess with getting those little incremental differences. So what you're saying is it's, it's like, it sounds so familiar so to true. me. Yeah. So, it's true. so true. And you know, when you talk about poverty, you talk about shelter, you talk about clothing, you can live without clothing. You can live without a roof over your head, but food, food is the key to to poverty, really, it is. And, and it, yeah. it really is. It really is. And, you know, people that understand also one of the main things you said about that being an athlete, you know, I'm an athlete. I do a lot of different things, but this is a long game. You know, the mm-hmm. one thing that I see with a lot of guys, a lot of cats that I run into, they say, the word I hate, I used to. I used to look like that. I used to be this, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, when I was your age, I'm like, how old are you? And I'm like, Dude, I'm older than you. <laughs> Be quiet. Get your butt in the gym. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you ain't trying to hear that, but you know what? You don't right. look. You, I'm sure you don't look your age to your point because you feed, heal your body on a daily yes. basis. So you are going to look great. Your skin is going to look great. You are going to look mm-hmm. younger than maybe what your age indicates because of that. I just really I got to ask you some questions involving food because you went from being in the military to the head chef at the White House. So I want to start by what was the most popular dish of each administration? You had four different ones. What was the most requested dish of each one? Anything I cooked. For real? Whatever I, <laughs> I say like goes. That. Really? Whatever I cook, it'll in your mouth. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, hold oh, on, no, we're shy. I was like, like that's the truth. Go ahead. That's a true, right. that's a true statement. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I tell people that um, each person, personality, demographically, for some reason, people have this, like the, the kitchen in the White House is very small. Extremely small. Mm, really? Yeah, yeah, because it's old. Wow. A White House is hundreds of years old. Like that's the opposite of what I would think. I thought <laughs> right? it was like huge. No, no, like it's very kitchen. old. Very, very. It's it's wow. the original. It's it the original. The original, and it won't be changed wow. historically. Blah blah blah, so forth. Yeah. But at the same time, also you think about all the presidents, you know, that gets in the office. Now, mind you, these guys before they even come into office, they're well seasoned meaning around mm-hmm. the world. So they eat right. a lot yeah. of different folk trials. And they're not the youngest, oh, right? Yeah. So they have to watch their health. So, and everybody's trying to impress them, right? Everybody's trying to impress them. So they have a lot of creams and butters and this and that. They don't think about <laughs> anything about their health or their dietary, unless they have a dietary. And mm-hmm. in the in the White House, like recently years, you know, from the Obamas, it became health conscious, you know, mm. with the garden, right? Mm. Everything that had to be done in the White House had to have something from the garden, even internally. Another wow. tip that people didn't know that that 
the, the, the family in the White House, they have to pay for their own food. What? Wow. They got to pay for their own groceries? That's, so if I want crazy. caviar, I got to pay for it? If, if you ask me to get it, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and guess what? That caviar that you bought, you know how they say, uh, are you um, like an auctioneer? You bought an auction car and then you oh. take it to the Lamborghini place. That caviar can go from the auction place to the Lamborghini place. It's expensive. Are you oh, serious? Wow. We don't pay for the president's food? No, we pay for the president's <laughs> food, not the president's family's food. Oh, okay. Oh, got it. That's why our presidents didn't have big families. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. So, so, Chef Rush, don't you mean to tell me, okay, I know you don't cook the soul food meal in there. Oh, now, yeah, of, course Fresh, they, you, of course they know it. I mean, I, I, I always got to throw some soul in there. Everything, I love mixing different cultures and things together, especially my heritage oh, cool. with soul food. So, and, like, what would be a quick menu for your soul food menu if you was in the White House? Just because you like to mix and match. Uh, I would do like a um, probably like a chicken roulade with like some with some greens like folded inside of it, and do oh, some, some meat. collard greens oh, inside yeah, the chicken. Yeah, you want to know it because you have like this spiral of colors with that green and yellow and red, and then that nice white meat that you're gonna have inside that uh, I forced and then roll into a tempot. And then kind of roll it and fry it, like with uh, some panko or something. Make it nice, fresh, and vibrant. Wait a minute. Ooh, you're making us hungry over here. <laughs> Our forever first lady, Mrs. Michelle Obama, I heard that her mother was helping cook in there. So she was rolling that up like that, too? In the- she, she's not like that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, see, said- they, have, they, have their, they also have their own kitchens, you know? So when I say oh, about okay. having their own stuff, they have their own quarters, oh, nice. you know, right adjacent. So they have a, like a whole house. You know, to themselves. So, wow. still a lot of stuff. You know, like I said, when they have to pay for their own stuff, they can have a little nippets in their place to do themselves, and not have to worry about that. I mean, wow. it, it wouldn't matter how much money I have. I'm still not going to just spend a ton of money on just you know some a slice of bread. Right. Yeah, that's true. You don't get picked by like the presidents. You get picked by the government, or like because I'm I'm just curious about this process. So they provide a chef, but then they don't provide the money for the food. No, no, no. So actually, <laughs> actually, the true story is Float is actually picked all of the head chefs, right? Oh, and then it, it gets from there. Okay. So you have different sides. So you also have what's called Eisenhower, which is also, so you know, Air Force One, which is Air Force Marine One, which is Marines, um, mm-hmm. the, the Navy mess, which is uh, the White House mess over in Eisenhower is mm-hmm. by the Navy, like the Army. Everybody mm-hmm. has a section, you know, with government on how to do. So that was a great wow. point that you made. And then you have, you know, <laughs> West Wing, which is the civilian side of it. But you have to have the clearances, you know, top secret clearances, yada, yada, being whatever, which I've had forever. Mm-hmm. And we vet inside house, meaning that we don't take from the outside. You, it's not like you're going to go and find mm-hmm. a, a job for the White House in Craigslist, you know. That's uh, true. Or, right. Or, right. Right. A back door or something like that. And do you live there? So how does that like you stay there and live there the whole time? crazy if I live. You think about living in the White House. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> She have no privacy. <laughs> so, so I, I guess because we're thinking about three meals a day, so we're I mean, thinking you gotta I mean, be. I mean, think about it. We haven't had a lot of presidents that live there. Oh, oh, okay. I forget okay. that they're not there the whole time like that. That's I'm true. thinking you that, see, like you're you're taking the veil off our eyes because yeah, we thought that... we're, we're thinking they are submerged <laughs> right there, yes. and everything's like ah, that's exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. Social media. Social media. <laughs> 
take, up, take off the smoke and mirrors for us. Okay, so I have one last question. We ask all of our guests this because right now you're talking to my wife, you're talking to my sister, and you're talking to my mother, the whole family. Welcome to the family, Chef Rush. We talk about generational wealth a lot and what that means because it looks a lot of different ways, you know, and we've heard people see it a lot of different ways. So I'm just curious, what does generational wealth mean to you? Wow, that's a great and powerful question. You know, I love that question because some people, you'll get a million different answers. But for me, generational wealth is, like I said, it's going to start with, I'm not living for myself. I live for my kids. I live for everyone, not only my kids, but your kids or the other kids and all the kids that I'll see in the world. They need to have a foundation for tomorrow. Everybody is so self-sustained and they just worry about themselves and what they can build for themselves and not think about it. You know, I tell people all the time, very simple. If you have takers and givers, but if you have givers and givers, you never go wrong, you never go broke, you never go hungry, Mm. and you never have to look over your back, right? Generational wealth should be shared equally. That way we won't have any stigmas and separate needs by categories. You're in the lower level. You're in the middle level. You're in the higher level. Higher level is going to keep the lower level down and they will never let you Mm. go up. Right. And that person that's at the generation, the lowest level could be the next president. So rise them up Mm. and help them. You got to do it for everyone, not only for yourself and not only for your inner spirits. So you got to do the right thing. Beautiful. He's Chef Rush, Chef Andre Rush and his book, Call Me Chef Dammit, is available everywhere. It came out April 19th. Listen, this was just a snippet. We could have talked to you all day. Love everything that you're doing. Talking about food being healing. I think that our community needs a lot of healing. So love it. Like coming from the athlete perspective, everything you're saying is just spot on. So thank you for joining us here on Montgomery and Company. And we'll be on the lookout for something with Chef Gordon Ramsay. We're going to be on the left. We're going to be watching yes. for this. <laughs> Thank you, Chef. Thank you, Chef. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure. <laughs> where the money reside, where the money reside. Listen, the Commissioner's Cup. There's a lot of money on the line. So we asked a couple Atlanta Dream players, as well as some other people, 30,000 bonus for winning the Commissioner's Cup. Tiffany Hayes, number 15 for the Atlanta Dream. How you about to spend that money? Probably either crypto or NFT. <laughs> okay, okay, I feel you, Tip. Now let me see how Beatrice Montpellier gonna spend that money. This, this could get interesting. Um gonna save it put in an investment or something okay so we heard how the ballas is gonna spend their money but i also wanted to hear how how would regular people that aren't pro athletes spend their money so i asked some people that are in my world i have a photographer that we use who's also a celebrity photographer her name is b Fort, and she has b fearless studios here in atlanta i wanted to see how she would spend that dough another space Um, I'll definitely get another investment space. I love my studio, but I also know that there's so much you can do with more um, and just being able to expand and hire more people and employ more people and give more people opportunities. Okay, I see you. See, that's what I'm saying. I like hearing how people would spend money. I don't know why, but I like that. So now we're going to go to the last one. I wanted to hear how my guy E, he's my videographer. He's at every Atlanta Dream Game with us. How would you spend the money? I'm putting that right back into my business. Upgrading equipment, getting more cameras, trying to pay my employees even more because I always like to appreciate people who I work with, try to pay them above fair wages. Because for me, I don't build this by myself. I build it with the team. For me, it's always putting it back into the team. The runner up for the Commissioner's Cup gets $10,000 per player. Okay, Tip, let me hear it. If you had to spend it in one day, one day, what would you do? 
I'll take my mom shopping. Beatrice, what you doing with 10K? $10,000 in one day. I'll just probably go half on a car or something. B, I already know you know how to spend 10K. Who? If I could spend $10,000 in one day, that'd be a down payment. <laughs> That's literally wrap. I'll put that in a down payment. E, $10,000, I hand it to you right now. What you doing with it? I would take my team out to, I would rent out a David Buster's or a Six Flags or something like that and just let us all be kids again and just have fun. All right, so listen, I like hearing about money, how people will spend it, who's getting it, and I know that these were hypothetical answers, but they won't be hypothetical for whoever wins the Commissioner's Cup or whoever the runners-up are for the Commissioner's Cup because $30,000 is the amount that each player on the winning team will receive, and then $10,000 is the amount that each player on the runner-up team will receive. So that's not so hypothetical. It's just we ain't getting them ducats. And coming up next, we got a little this and we got a little that. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You can get with this or you can get with that. All right, you guys, we're going to play a little this or a little bit of that where we decide, you know, everybody has a preference and, you, you know, whatever you like, somebody else might not like. So I'm going to talk to the MoCo crew about what they like, what they would prefer and a little thing we call this or that. What do you guys prefer in this day and age of 2022, the year of 2022? Do you prefer a call or a text? Don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> don't call me. I'm serious. Don't call me. Listen, text me. And if in this day and age, if you even have any questions, you can send an audio. So even if you think that you mm. might not be asking the question correctly or the statement needs to be said a certain way, I can listen to you. But for me to have to go back and forth on the phone, I'm dealing with my phone son. Tag, and, yeah. Or you ain't answering the phone and I need an answer right then. Don't call me. Text. <laughs> like I'm one of these people that I'm the younger generation. I am a 90s baby, but I like phone calls. A lot of people my wow. age and like, you know, in the 90s kids, they like text messages and things like that. And even Cole, you like I know you like text messages, but I love phone calls just because I feel like a text message. Sometimes I'll have a, like a long paragraph to write and that's just embarrassing. I don't want to see me write that whole big paragraph <laughs> unless it's like business, <laughs> you know, so I would just rather just pick up the phone and just real quick, just old school. Hey, it's uh, a fact. 
you want to eat? Da, 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 da. This you know, is what she Publix. be doing. I be thinking that's a text. And then Renee, every time I call, she freaks out because Renee is not used to phone calls. She's like, what was wrong? Anything happened? I'm like, no. I'm just I think something happened. She just be knowing know I'm at work. This. No, let me tell you. I was at OTE Takeover. I'm sitting there with Paige Beckers and Aaliyah Boston. And I see my phone ring. So I know she knows I'm there. So <laughs> I answer because I think there's something wrong. I've called her on air by accident. And she's actually answered. Like, yeah. She'd be like, hey, baby. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's good? Are you okay? Oh, yeah. Um, so no, I'm just going to see if you got there. I'm like, <laughs> I, girl, you got to text me. What is wrong with her? She really picks up the phone to ask a one question oh, sentence. Like, not I, listen, yep, that's I, I think something's instantly wrong. Is somebody calling me? Like, Cole, if you call me, I know you calling about something. Like, so, but yeah, so, Serena, something we, talk, we need to talk about. We need to talk about conversation. One thing, one thing about me, I think one thing that I do have of the 90s kids generation is that I like instant gratification. So sometimes text <laughs> messages take a little bit too long. Long to be answered and so that's I, a fact she has no patience I, right i have no patience so i like my answer right then and there cole knows i'll be like hey cole uh you know i'll call it right away after a, 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 after a phone call a meeting or something and then we'll just like hash it out paul knows too you know like i just yeah. like i like to get it done right, right then and Let's there go. what's going on and then i'll have the same question she'll be like what do you want to eat it'll be in my text box and then i'll and then and she won't I'll answer it. like for an hour so i have to call her i'll be working <laughs> snook a book a tapping on this what do you think what do you prefer? Well, you know, you know, I'm from the old school and I do prefer a phone call, but <laughs> I've gotten to the point where now I, I think I'm into the texting age and I'll see the text or whatever. Now, when you call me, you know, the call lets me know that you're calling and I can get back with you. But I think I'm kind of in between. I got one foot over here with the phone call and one foot <laughs> over here with, with the text. But, you know, the thing about the phone call is if you call me and I can't answer it, that then there's a problem so you know you should send me a text but i really do like i'm like serena i do like phone calls mm -hmm. and if you call me i know you really want to speak with me so oh that's, goodness you know, see and listen thing. to this y'all the two women in my it. life love to be on the phone oh, and, Lord, that, Renee, and i'm I be, sorry uh, listen thank you Cole. what did you say I'm say so, it louder. i'm sorry <laughs> say just, it louder for the I'm people sorry. The i'm sorry because <laughs> let me tell you let me tell you what let's take it a, a step further now the younger younger generation they like to FaceTime every two oh, seconds. Oh my goodness! So, Junior lives on FaceTime. Oh my Why gosh! Do you have to I, FaceTime I don't like me? that. Like <sighs> okay, I get it. My mm -mm. sons are at school. They FaceTime me every now and then. But they'll be like down the street at the yeah. Wawa getting gas. And then they hey, want you to be on camera and be around people. And they'd be like, like don't and I have a bonnet on. Randomly, un unexpectedly, I'm not taking my bonnet off for your call. Looking crazy. <sighs> Maybe I have one, I call them house dress, like a dress that I just wear around the house. And I look, it's, Pajamas it's, it's, this is pink and this is blue and yellow. And and then I'm like, and then he gets on FaceTime. He's like, oh, mom, so-and-so said hi. Can they see me? Why <laughs> are you FaceTiming me? That's, that's my question. You know, so that, then they do the FaceTime every time they go. So then I start hanging up on the FaceTime and text them, what's up? Don't, like, oh. don't FaceTime me no more when you hanging with friends and then a surprise FaceTime that's too. Like, hey, they wanted to say privacy. Are I think crazy. Like, that, that's a good point because I was just about to say the thing that I don't <laughs> like about text messages is that I feel I remember when text messages started to really become like a thing, maybe like in 2005 or something, 2000, 2006 or something. But I don't like how accessible you are. So with the FaceTime mm. and the text messages is like you're accessible 24 seven. I like the old days and when you had to leave a message Serena's and people get back. 
get to you on their own time, you know, but it's like, <laughs> now it's like, people are just, exp- if you don't reply back in an hour, or I mean, I mean, I, I do this to her. And you the one. She literally, you I mean, like, I, I am on the other side of that where I am a terrible communicator sometimes, so I will take a long time to answer text messages. That's why I'm like, just call me so I could just get it over. <laughs> well, you know, FaceTime can be dangerous mm-hmm. because you could be somewhere you didn't want the people to know you were at. So, so, yeah. so I creep. Yeah. yeah. yeah you just be somewhere <laughs> and they'll say, well, where are you at? You know, so my grandkids will ask me. Oh, I've done well, that. The boys at? at FaceTime, I'm like, what are y'all doing? Where are you at? And they're like, oh, we're so and so. I'm like, look, don't, don't, don't start nothing crazy. Don't do nothing crazy. Now that's what I tell them. But yeah, they take it a step further with the FaceTime and all the time. And I, I'm definitely not mm-hmm. here for that. Mm-hmm. I'm that's not an invasion of privacy. I think. Let me just ask a follow up then, since we're talking about, do we prefer texts or calls? Who still got a landline number? I like we <laughs> snookabookas was we thought snookabookas was just ringing in on here. Who got a landline? We have a landline, and the only reason we have a landline is that they say, this is what they tell us, <laughs> is that 911 can find you better if you have a landline. Hmm. You mean to tell me the reason that you and Diddy have a landline is so 911 can find y'all? <laughs> I worked for the phone company. I can I can back that up. Yes. Wow. Because 911 has registered telephone and location. What? So if you have a registered telephone number, the phone company registers that with 911. That's why they do it. With a cell phone, Cell phones go off a wire oh, off of the towers, so it Listen, only can get we're you. We're not with- doubting that the process works. The question and was, no, I'm really interested in this. I didn't know I that. Have a, I have a landline. You got a landline. I have a landline. <laughs> Girl, if these towers ever go down and the apocalypse is upon us, wow. the only people who are going to be able to make some type of contact are those who have that's the landlines. Like land so Snook is preparing not. for 911. Cole is preparing for the apocalypse. And I'm just preparing <laughs> for tomorrow, I guess, with my cell phone because I don't know what's going on. We, we do have like about six cell phones, though. And the other part about it is we live in a very rural area. So without that being able to be pinged, you might have a hard time finding me. Imagine Matter of fact, a friend of mine who lives in a town close to ours, the lady, she found this lady who was 90 some years old lying on her floor, been there seven days when she fell and 911 couldn't find them when they called for. She had to go back to her So the landline doesn't really help if you need it because if you can't get to the landline, what is it going to do for you is what I just heard out of that sentence. And I guess she didn't have a landline. She had a cell phone. And so that lady had to go to her house Mm, to call so that they could find where this lady's house was. Wow. Well, let me tell you, I don't know what my landline number is because I don't need for anybody to call it. Wait a minute. No, listen, 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 listen. I don't need for any... Listen, no, it's a, it's it's connected to our kitchen, the, our kitchen box or whatever is on the wall. But the point I have is, is that something go down and I can't use the cell phones. I can put a plug a phone into there and I can call out. I don't need to know what the number is because this if I'm calling out wild. to 911, they got okay, the number. Okay, so where do rendezvous at in case the Walking Dead happens? Where are we linking up at? Because apparently y'all got the landlines and y'all got the connect. Y'all okay. not gonna make it because y'all, y'all making me down. Y'all won't even know where y'all at. No GPS. I'm be like, hey, uh, yeah, I know, because I'm not the type to tell stuff like this too. Because I was like, oh, I remember when Snook told me that with this hacking stuff and everything going on, that I need to get some money out the bank and all this other stuff. So it's like, yeah. what's going on? Y'all preparing for y'all preparing yeah. for the ending? <laughs> well, listen, 
listen, listen what's happening. These younger kids, they don't know how to use a map. If the Wi-Fi goes, there's no GPS, they can't find their way of a brown paper bag. <laughs> they won't be able to know which way to go, which way's north, which way's south, which way's east, the sunrise, you follow this. They don't know any of that. So the point is, is that if all technology goes down, let me tell you, there's gonna be some lost people mm-hmm. in this world. I can call 911 and say, hey, this is my location. I at least know north, south, east, and Do west. Do you know your longitude and latitude somewhere. to get to y'all's home address? It feels like y'all are very prepared. <laughs> y'all, you know what I'm saying? You got y'all's <laughs> coordinates, everything to tell them and all of that? I can't tell you right now, but I have looked it up on that map that's <laughs> up in the sky. <laughs> where it has, you know, yeah. the, that. I have looked it up, yeah. Are y'all okay? Google. If you drop a pen, maps. you could see your coordinates. She said, like, are y'all okay? <laughs> you got to stop. Snip got to stop watching that ID channel with all them, them murders <laughs> and the mysteries and all of these conspiracy theories. Like, Snook is prepared for yeah, the worst. Does. We're just praying yeah, for the best, though, y'all. She does. We're, pr- like we're praying for the best, all right? <laughs> well, it must be that way. You must feel comfortable with me being that because from what I understand from you kids is that if anything happens, y'all headed here. So y'all know where to go. <laughs> That's right. Because ain't nobody going to find us up on a hill and ain't going to get past that door if, if Ron Montgomery's standing there. I'm saying that right now. So. <laughs> all we got to do is get all the men, put them all in the house. We got a lot of men. Put all the men in the house and we should be good. <laughs> So listen, y'all know me. I'm going to always find a silver lining. So that's what I found in the fourth and what this holiday is all about. The silver lining is that we need to do better. We know we can do better. So let's just do better. And let's eat good while we're doing it. Because all the time there's going to be things to fix. There's going to be things that we need to do better. You're going to always want to level up in your own personal life at work. There's just always going to be more that needs to be done. But I'm like one of those believers in celebrate in along the way, celebrate in the process. Some people say celebrate in the hallway until that door opens. But let's just continue to celebrate and let's just continue to do better. Catch us next week for another episode of Montgomery and Co. where it's a generational thing. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.